Hello, I'm P.S. and I'm here to tell you that Dracula sucks. In this podcast, I'm looking at various adaptations of Dracula and films and books and TV shows, etc. about Dracula. What I'm not looking at so much is the original novel by Bram Stoker. I'm kind of assuming that you've got at least some knowledge of the original novel and how it differs from all the various adaptations. In case you've never actually read it, you might want some pointers on which version you should get. There are a lot of different editions of Dracula available. The simplest answer is get the cheapest one. As long as it says somewhere that it's the original novel and it's unabridged, it doesn't really matter too much which version you get within certain limits. However, there are several different versions of the book available. And I'm, I just want to run through those, and also some other books that could easily be confused for the original version. Now, there are basically four different versions of Dracula available. Two of them are very similar to each other. One of them is very hard to find, and you're probably not going to run across it. And the fourth version is very different from the other versions. The two most common versions are the British Constable Rider tradition, and the American Doubleday, Grosset and Dunlop tradition. These are basically the British and American editions of the novel. They're unabridged, or as close to unabridged as you're going to find, and they have minor textual details, uh, some differences of punctu punctuation and of emphasis, but all of it's pretty minor, and they basically come down to one of them having a British editor and one of them having an American editor. It's not necessarily simple to figure out which edition you have out of those two. I can point you to an online resource in the notes which should clue you in as to which one you have right from the first line, but given the vagaries of book publication, especially for a book that's gone through as many editions and is in the public domain, you can never be entirely sure which version you've got, but really it doesn't matter as long as it's one of those two versions. The third version is an abridged version, which Bram Stoker himself prepared in 1901. This version's very difficult to find. It was only published in 1901 and reprinted in 1994, to my knowledge. There might have been a more recent edition, but if so, I'm not aware of it. It'd be, I'd be interested to find this version myself. I've never actually seen a copy of it. Now, the fourth version, which I have a copy of right in front of me at the moment, is something entirely different, and that's the Icelandic version of Dracula. It was published in 1901 as, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Macht Mukana, which translates literally as Power of Darkness, and it was translated by Vladimir Amundsen. Now, all early notes on this indicated that it was just an abridged version of Dracula that was mainly of interest because it had a an introduction by Bram Stoker that wasn't present in any other edition. However, in 2014, Hans Cornel de Roos revealed to the world that Powers of Darkness is in fact a completely different version of Dracula that is either based on an earlier version of the novel or has been thoroughly embellished by the translator or possibly a combination of those two things. It's somewhat shorter. The first section of the novel with uh, Jonathan Harker called Thomas Harker in this version is radically different. And what would be the last two-thirds of the novel are rushed through in fairly peremptory fashion, almost as if the translator had spent so much time adding material to the first part of the book that he ran out of time to translate the rest of it and just added a summary. Now that's an interesting book in its own right, and I'm going to be talking about that on a future podcast. But that is the version you definitely shouldn't read first if you actually want to read Dracula, because it's something else entirely. Now in terms of which version you should get, well as I said earlier, basically any version will do. Especially if it's 
it's published by a reputable publisher. You'll find copies by people like Penguin Classics and Oxford, which will have introductions by various scholars, and etc. The copy I have in front of me now, the Penguin Classics edition, has a preface by Sir Christopher Frayling, who's one of the great experts on Dracula, and there's a number of notes by Morris Hindle, who is a uh, professor of literature at Open University in London. If you find a copy that is a formal TV tie-in, usually these are okay. I've got a copy here with a picture of Frank Langella on the cover from the 1979 film version directed by John Badham. This is just straight up an edition of Dracula, uh, with the addition of basically some photos from the movie in the centre of the book, which are pretty puzzling if you read the book, because the story of the movie is very different from the story of the book. There's also uh, there's also an edition from Handbooks I have here, which is tied in with the Francis Ford Coppola film, and this illustrates one of the problems with finding a copy of Dracula, because what I also have here is Bram Stoker's Dracula, a Francis Ford Coppola film, a novel by Fred Saberhagen and James V. Hart, based on the screenplay by James V. Hart. The fact that this novelization exists is hilarious to me, because when Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, was released, all the hype about it was, here is the first completely faithful film adaptation of Dracula. If that was the case, why does it have a novelization? The answer probably won't shock you, it's not a faithful adaptation of Dracula at all. It's a very different story from the one in the book. But yes, if you if you pick up this one by accident, it's not Dracula. It's it's a different book that's also called Dracula. Then there's this other book that I have here, Dracula's Guest by Bram Stoker. What's going on here? Well, Dracula's Guest is actually a segment from the first part of Dracula that was cut out of the book. And years later, after Bram Stoker had died, his widow, Florence Stoker, arranged for the publication of this as a separate story in a volume with a bunch of other stories that Bram Stoker had written. So Dracula's Guest is kind of a lost part of Dracula. There's some debate as to exactly where it fits in and what it's about, because it was taken out very early in the in the writing stage. General consensus is that the protagonist is Jonathan Harker but he's never named in the story and it doesn't quite fit in with the chronology because of changes that Stoker later made. It's probably Harker but it could be another character who was later cut out of the book completely. Another book you want to be careful of which has only come out in the last couple of years is Dracula Unredacted by Bram Stoker, unredacted by Gareth Ryder Hanrahan and Kenneth Height. This is an extended version of Dracula that has been produced as a supplement for a role-playing game. It's interesting as a document, but it's not Dracula. It's kind of a curiosity and it's kind of fun. And I'm going to be talking about the role-playing game, the Dracula dossier, in a future episode. I'm actually kind of hoping to run a campaign of it and maybe record it and use segments of that in this podcast. But don't hold your breath for that to happen because that won't happen anytime soon but it might happen now let's say you want to delve a bit deeper into reading dracula there have been several annotated versions released over the years the only two i can really speak to are the two that i have the first one is the annotated dracula which has been put together by leonard wolf i have a copy of it right here uh, it's published by potter i think it came out in 1976 i'll just check that 1975 so it's as old as i am there was an updated version of this came out in I think 1995, 20 years later. I don't have that version, I can't tell you what's different about it, but this version is, is very good. It's It's got the complete unabridged text of I think the British version, with a lot of annotations along the way of you know, facts about uh, Romania and Transylvania and everywhere that uh, Harker passes, and about vampirism and other mythological creatures. Uh, it's got illustrations of you know, modern Transylvanian gypsies, as it says. I know gypsies is a but that's the term that it uses. I'm not sure whether they're Romani, maybe it's 
from Mania, so maybe they are. Uh, pictures from what they called at the time lunatic asylums to represent Seward's asylum where Renfield is held. Pictures of boats that the Demeter mice have resembled. An illustration of a wolf that is supposed to refer to the character of Berserker. And if you haven't read Dracula, yes, there is a character in it who is a wolf called Berserker. He doesn't have a huge presence in the book, but he's there and he's important. And he does appear in a couple of film versions as well, though not always named. Anyway, that's very good. It's long out of print. It might be expensive to find now. I found my copy reasonably cheap, but it was over 10 years ago. But more recently, Leslie S. Klinger has put out the new annotated Dracula. This is still in print and is currently available. It's also a very handsome volume with a foreword by Neil Gaiman if that is of interest to you and this is very similar in structure and that it has the full text of the book uh, side by side with annotations although some pages of this book as with the other one are entirely annotations because both Leonard Wolfe and Leslie S. Klinger have been extremely thorough in their annotating. This one has an element to it that some people found a little distracting which is that Leslie Klinger takes the conceit in writing this that Dracula was real that it was a true story and attempts to debunk the differences between the real life case and the fictional case by pointing out inconsistencies within the novels to say oh this is what could explain this i think that's kind of fun and i don't think it gets in the way but i know that some people found it very irritating so if that seems like it's going to be a problem for you then just be warned that that's going to happen so those are the main editions of dracula that are available i'm not going to look at things like the books which are really rewrites of Dracula set at the same time from a different point of view. For example, the Dracula tape by Fred Saberhagen, which is from Dracula's point of view, or the Book of Renfield by Tim Lucas, which is from Renfield's point of view, and also has a lot from Dr. Seward in there and a lot actually from the novel, or Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula. <laughs> Let's not even get into that one at the moment. Uh, Leslie S. Klinger actually came to Dracula from Sherlock Holmes because he'd done an annotated series of volumes of the Sherlock Holmes stories, and he's a big Holmes scholar, and the connections between Holmes and Dracula run very deep. Bram Stoker and Arthur Conan Doyle were contemporaries. I don't believe they ever met, though I know of at least one novel where Conan Doyle and Bram Stoker team up to fight monsters. Uh, the one I'm thinking of is The List of Seven by Mark Frost, uh, which is a cracking good read if you like a pulp adventure, but it has nothing to do with real life. If there's any others, no doubt somebody will let me know. But it's kind of interesting because Sherlock Holmes is supposedly the most frequently portrayed character in media, and Dracula is the second most portrayed. So as well as being contemporaries and both appearing around the same time and the connections between their writers, they're also iconic to a similar level. Yeah, so that's, that's a basic introduction to what you could do to find a copy of the book that you want to read. But really, if you just want to read it, the simplest thing you can do is go to Project Gutenberg. It's in the public domain. They have it at Project Gutenberg. You can download it from there in a number of different formats and read it on your, your Kindle or your iPad or your Kobo or on your laptop or you can print it out and read it that way if you really want to but it's very easy to come by and provided you have internet access you can get it pretty much for free and even if you don't you can get it for cheap there's a penguin classics edition that goes for a very small amount of money even new and any secondhand bookshop should have a copy of dracula lurking somewhere on its shelves that you can pick up for not too much money so if you're interested in listening to this podcast and you haven't yet read dracula i would recommend doing it now, if you can't be bothered reading it for whatever reason, you'd rather just listen to an audiobook. I can identify with that. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I don't want to pimp for a specific brand. And in fact, I have a number of problems with Amazon for various reasons. But the Audible audiobook of Dracula 
is spectacular. Rhyme not intended. It's a it's a multicast version with people like Alan Cumming and Tim Curry involved. Uh, each actor reads the section that a specific character has written. So, for example, Tim Curry reads the parts of the book that are supposedly written by Van Helsing. It doesn't go full cast in that within that, Tim Curry reads the dialogue for all the characters. It's just he's playing the guy who's written it so he's reading it in his voice it's really well done all of the readers are good although tim carrey's accent is a little overdone and there's plenty of variance in the voices as well to keep you from nodding off as you might sometimes do while listening to an audiobook but there are plenty of other top level audiobook versions around there's one read by richard e grant uh, there's a number of others you can go into librivox and find a free version uh, read by volunteers that's a little amateur so your your tolerance for that might vary i found it okay but you might have more trouble with it. But yeah, don't think you can get by just by watching one of the film versions though, because none of them are an accurate translation. As for editions in other languages, if your English is a second language and if you want to read it in Spanish or Italian, I can't really help you there except to tell you that, as mentioned, the Icelandic version is not really Dracula. Unless there's a more recent version that's a more faithful translation. I actually don't know. I only know about Powers of Darkness. But yes, so enjoy, and I'll see you next time.